Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Buddy. Oh, hey, just two girls having a live recording in front of hundreds of wonderful Scoobies. Yes. We've already done it for us and for those of you who were there, but for you who weren't there, this is your first time. It was a great Get time. a load of us. Jenny wore a turtleneck that she made out of a scarf and a sweater. You'll hear about <laughs> it. I had a couple of costume changes. You know, you won't hear this because it's not part of the edited episode, but we put on gloves. So there's a lot of good shit. You know, it's a fun time. A fun time was had by all. Oh, yeah. Uh, And we just have a couple of couple of quick things to tell you here at the top before we get into it. Mm hmm. Uh, We are doing a massive uh, store overhaul. And this is what it means for you. Uh, We have a gigantic sale happening through the end of this month. Monday, June 28th is when the sale ends. You will get 25% off everything in the store using code season six, spell it out. S E A S O N S I X season six. Uh, that code will work in both stores uh, here in the U.S. and our U.K. EU store. The only thing you will not get 25% off of is the vinyl because vinyl is expensive. And then here's the here's the real rub. Uh, we close the store on June 28th and we will have the store closed until the end of July. So if you need anything, if you need some crop tops, if you need some enamel pins, if you need anything You got to get it now, and I would get it now anyway because you get 25% off. Also, uh, if you're a patron of ours at the $10 level or higher, this means that your normal 20% goes to 35 freaking percent off. So there you have it. Uh, Get your goods. Sounds like you can't afford not to buy a bunch of merch. (laughs) Uh, some, some of the products will not be coming back. The, the old favorites will for sure come back. Some of the stuff will be retired. And, uh, when we come back at the end of July, we will probably have a few new things for you. <laughs> Spicy. Speaking of things, both old and new. I hope one day I'm going to put a wish. I'm going to manifest <laughs> a wish. I hope one of our listeners takes all of your sexual tension award transitions and just stitches them together. <laughs> Speaking of things. Yes. We have uh, a very clear loser and Aww. a near three-way tie yeah. in the results for uh this installation of the Sexual Attention Awards for Older and Far Away. In fourth place, with a uh, sad and lonely 8% of the vote, it's the demon and his sword. In third place, but just by a slight vibration, uh, (laughs) it's the body massager and subtext with 28% of the vote. Then in second place... With 29% of the vote, it's Spike and Buffy, and shockingly, you in see, first place. Uh, uh, this makes a case for bringing toys into the bedroom, because if Spike and Buffy had been paired with the body massager, oh, my word. they would have taken it, but mm. there you have it. Uh, instead, first place goes to William and Hallie with 35% of the vote. 
Congratulations. I want to think Old flames die hard. I want to think that part of the reason that they won is because the emoji I used for this vote was the infinity symbol, which felt (laughs) romantic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That is that's the most uh, romantic. Right. Finding each other in uh, all times and and realms. So, hey, um, it's Pride Month. Welcome. That's right. Can I tell you something uh, incredibly gay that's happening to me right now that I'm very proud of? Yeah. Uh, a little while ago, I made a, a creepy, dramatic cover of the Frank Sinatra classic, Witchcraft, oh, and it's so currently good. being used in the season two trailer for Motherland, Fort Salem, which is a show about many things, including but not limited to gay witches, something you and I know a little bit about fuck yeah love it also i've heard the fucking song and i don't i don't mean to brag but i heard like an advanced copy of the song <laughs> okay uh it's great it's so good will people be able to buy the song like we'll get the yeah song? yeah yeah it's it's on itunes and apple music and spotify wherever you stream music or download music you can find it it's so spooky and good um hmm. that is very gay thank you for bringing it to the gay table anytime um, we are doing a fundraiser in the month of June, and we are doing that fundraiser for an organization that I think many of you are already familiar with. It is called For the Gwirls, G-W-O-R-L-S. If I'm saying that incorrectly, please let me know. Uh, they are a black trans-led collective that curates parties, and they did a lot of really fun online stuff uh, during the pandemic to fundraise money that all goes to help black transgender people pay for their rent, gender-affirming surgeries, smaller copays for medicine and doctor's visits, and travel. Uh, all the donations that you make to the organization, it is F-O-R-T-H-E-G-W-O-R. R L S dot party for the girls dot party will enter you if you'd like to be entered into a uh, raffle, if you will, for some really freaking amazing bundles of Buffy stuff. There's an enamel pin bundle. There's actually four of the enamel pin bundles that we'll be giving away. They're all the same. Um, they have the new pin pack. They have a big fucking nerd pin. They have some uh, pins that have been retired and are out of the store and no longer for sale. They have some exclusive pins like the singing pterodactyl pin Ooh. that was only available to Ultimate Scoobies. Um, we also have a framed once more with once more with feeling poster. It's actually a square version of the poster. Only one exists because I printed it and made it myself. (laughs) And my favorite, my favorite prize, uh, my favorite bundle is the bundle called Emolation Watch. It includes a copy of, how do you say it in French, Jenny? La. Oh boy, I don't know. La Nausée. Nausea. Uh, the book that I scoured bookstores for in Paris like two years ago and found. (laughs) So that's my copy uh, for you. And it comes with, because, you know, Angel reads it by the fire emulation. (laughs) And then it also comes with the last uh, spike candle that we have. Wow. um, Which, you know, fire candle. So fire candle, fire drama, emo, also a why are men pin because why are men? Okay. Anyway, those are some of the prizes. They're really cool bundles uh, and it's a really incredible organization and it's Pride Month. So donate and then tell them, Jenny, how if they would like to tell us what they donated how do they do that? You can pop on over to bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash for the That's F-O-R-T-H-E-G-W-O-R-L-S. 
Yes. And even if you don't want to enter, if, if you want to give and you don't want to enter into the contest for a prize, go on over there anyway and just let us know that you donated. You don't have to put your name down or anything, just the amount, because it's really nice and special for us to see um, what we're able to mobilize as a community um, yeah. for all of these organizations. So, yes, happy Pride to everyone. I mean, for Pride, we have gotten a, a lesbian wife named Sam. So that seems Yay. fitting. Yay! <laughs> hey, we always knew Riley was a lesbian. That's true. Uh, Ironically, it entered the storyline very early on in his arc. Very sweet. Uh, So why don't we head on over there to the episode, unless you have anything else you'd like to add, Jenny? Never! All right, here we go. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one, spoiler free, in tandem with Angel on top. I am sweetheart of the pod, gentle, compassionate, Riley supporter, uh, father to Frank, and Labrador to all, Jenny Owen Youngs. Wow. Wow. And I am... Kristen Russo, disappointed that once again you refuse to participate in the feud between us <laughs> and Angel on top, our arch nemesis, Cecis. This week, hey, we're live. We're live on the internets. We were, you know, I had a thought, Jenny. You say spoiler free, you know, but we're getting like, there's like less and less to spoil. There's a lot yet to come. There's a lot yet to come, but like finale episode, there's nothing we can spoil. So then do we take it out? Uh, We could be preventing spoilers from season eight of the comics. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, this week, shut up, Kristen. Get to the point. We're discussing season six, episode 15, as you were a very special episode with a very special two very special guests, if I do say so myself. (laughs) Stay tuned at the end of our podcast every other week for an original song written sometimes by Jenny, sometimes by both of us, sometimes by me saying, Jenny, just change the lyrics to that other song. We'll see if she does it. (laughs) Recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. As You Were was written and directed by Doug Petrie Mm. or Petrie. Who knows? And originally aired on February 26, 2002. This is the one where Buffy's ex, I, I love the description because it says Buffy's ex, comma, Riley. Because it's, the, you know, the, the writer was like, well, Buffy does have multiple exes at this point. So we need to mm-hmm. establish it. Buffy's ex, Riley, returns to Sunnydale, but he is not alone. Together, they track a mysterious dealer who is selling demon eggs that could wipe out the entire city. Very dramatic. Oh, boy. It's very dramatic. This episode is <clears throat> very dramatic. I, I said to Jenny offline when we were discussing it that I couldn't quite figure out if this episode was done, like, was an attempt at melodrama because of the music cues and such. You know, like, it was supposed to be funny because it's so close to not, like, to serious that you're like, is this just really dramatic and for real? Or is this, like, a hilarious, like, melodrama spin? Do you have any thoughts, Jenny, since our last conversation? (laughs) Yes. Somebody in the chat said, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Precisely. 
Um, well, I just wanted to check really quick to see what episodes uh, Doug mm. also Actually, wrote. Fool for Love is a Doug Petrie episode, if we say the last Fool name Fool for Love. Fool for Love. He's written some ba- some spike bangers. Um, some spike bangers and uh, some faith bangers, bad girls. <laughs> oh, all the bad kids bangers from Doug yeah. Petrie. And perhaps that's why we get Riley with a scar. You know what I mean? He was like, mm. come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's actually I also didn't... the Yoko factor, aka my boyfriend and my ex. Oh wow! I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna put this up at the top of the episode, but since you're um, wondering upon what other episodes he's written, someone right before and I'm so sorry, whoever you are who sent me this email, it was like right before I was getting ready to do this taping, sent an article. It's like a live journal you know, article, what do you call it? Like a blog post on Live Journal that talks about this episode in a way that is mind-boggling. I was not able to read the entire thing, but we'll link it in the show notes. And essentially the opinion of this person, and it's like meticulous, is that this entire episode is actually like hinging on Machiavelli. And we'll get to like the fucking asswipe who talks about Machiavelli at Double Meat. But that like Machiavelli is paraphrasing like this fucking dude who's like, I am the leader and a lot of you don't know what the fuck is right and left and so even though I have to do morally ambiguous shit I know what's best so I'm going to do that shit because I have to like lead you to the shit that is good and so this entire live journal yeah I am talking about live journal everyone is positioning it like Riley came to Sunnydale to see Buffy saw Buffy bone and spike outside the fucking house and then fucking made up this whole I mean you really have to read the article because the person is brilliant and I am not but essentially it's like it turns the whole thing on its head like why do we see spike and Buffy up against the tree from this like far away angle why are they having sex on the front lawn to begin with why 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 and it positions like Riley as this like Machiavelli who like knows the greater good is to get Buffy to break up with spike and so my god yeah like twist the whole egg thing and whatever so anyway i i did not intend to start us off with a live journal reference but you were talking about doug and part of it is like (laughs) how could doug petrie have written this episode like it's so not his normal episode and so that's the spin we'll link it it's worth a read um i'm gonna finish it later today but anyway jenny do you want to talk about the show you want to make a podcast yeah, well, you know that thing when you're at work and <laughs> sorry, some dude is just bergsplaining at you? Oh, we're going there? We're not even doing Previously On? Fuck the Previously On. I forgot about the Previously Ons. Previously On is just like Riley and then Spike, ooh, and then like <laughs> marriage and then fast food. That's the Previously okay, On. Okay, okay, cool. But yeah, get to the guy because I'm have. i going to play this. Uh, I don't know if you can guess what jingle I'm going to play every time I see this guy. But... Ooh, I have an idea. Hmm. The Patriarchy! <laughs> No matter if, even if we become the the most famous, richest Buffy podcasters in all the world, I will always hold my phone up to the fucking microphone. <laughs> Jingles is my favorite uh, thing. Uh, 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 uh. Anyway, yes, Jenny, there's an idiot. Yeah, he's just saying a whole bunch of goofy shit, as you know. He says like... So I rewound it like three times because I'm pretty sure that he refers to the glass ceiling as something that he too should break through. 
The thing that really stuck out to me the most in this scene, uh, not to make it too serious, but there's this like one, because most of the scene is is just you being like, fuck this guy, fuck this guy, mm-hmm. fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, I, I, you know, I'm going to night school. And there's this one beat of Buffy being like night school before like the scene shifts and then she's in the fucking cemetery, obviously. Like she can't go to day school. She can't go to night school. She can't go to any school. So the heartbeat of this season is still going strong. Why the fuck is Buffy yeah. not paid? Yes. Uh, he says if you could just give the gum under the tables a good scrape. I'm going to give something a good fucking scrape. I bet you are. Much, I and... bet you are. So, oh, here's where here's where Buffy is smelling like grease, singing a song ho-hum into the job. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like this was a very, this is an energy I could really identify with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, burgers, double meat, la, 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 la. <laughs> and then a vampire pops up and he's all like, Rah! and she's like, ugh. Vegan vamp. Right, they fight and he almost bites her, but then he is completely repulsed by the smell of the double meat palace. Coming What's off incredible? Of her in waves, presumably. What's incredible is that he's repulsed by the smell of the of the burgers, but he's also like, if you're ingesting that kind of food, then I don't want to eat you anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude he's is, like pass. Yeah, actually, he's, a, he's healthy. You know, he's a key, he's a keto vamp, uh, organic. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then we hit the credits, and hey, we go to uh, the summer's front yard. Where Spike is not trying to hide, as he says, behind the tree. Buffy says, oh, for Pete's sake, Spike, which is like, <laughs> like just a really like in one line really encapsulates where this relationship has gotten to, you know, just like, I know yes. you're fucking there. Um, and then, yeah, then what happens, Jenny? Um, While you talk about what happens, I'm going to take this fucking costume just for the listeners at home. Uh, Jenny is wearing allegedly a turtleneck uh, and I am I say allegedly for a reason. She'll tell you why. And I am wearing my double meat uh, palace outfit with the hat and everything. But I'm going to take the hat and the shirt off to reveal my costume change. Oh, my God. Because I'm hot. And now this scene seems like a very good time for me to take off my clothes. So natural. Right. So you talk Uh, about the scene. So Buffy's all like. I have to take this dinner in to dawn. I can't possibly uh, get grass stains all over myself rolling about on the ground out here with you. I must go in. But then Spike pouts and Buffy's like, "Uh oh. And then Spike is maybe wearing a shiny shirt with a snakeskin pattern. Oh, no. And even though that's true, they still have sex. Uh, He takes her by the hand. And pulls her away from the front door and into the dark shadows of the front lawn where they proceed to engage in, oh my gosh, somebody in the chat said 1080pH tree. <laughs> 1080pH tree. 1080pH tree. It's like you get to say it, plus it doesn't count against your uh, tally. This is This is bonkers, is what this is. Just Fucking on the front. It's not even like they live like in a, a roomy front yard. Like, not, it's like they're on a farm. They're not. They don't have a lot of space. The neighbors are right there. Yeah, this is a strange choice. Um, listeners, 
Have you ever had uh, sex outside? Uh, <laughs> clear, relatively clear view of your neighbors. If so, please write us an email I at buffering.thevampire@gmail.com. Like, right, like sex outside is one thing. Sex outside on a residential street when it's like not it's not even that late like it's not like it's like 3 a.m and like maybe everyone is asleep this is risky this is risky um anyway so they do it and apparently they're on the tree for a little while but they must move to the grass because uh buffy enters with grass stains on her body and dave no here's the thing Mm. she just walked through the cemetery and he knows where she works like why is he waiting at her house? You're basically rewriting the live journal article that I referenced earlier because this is all there. It's like, why would this and why would that and why would wow, this other amazing. thing? Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. It takes all of the like nonsensical things about the episode and and says like, but what if they make sense? Which is why it's it's very smart. Okay. In addition to Buffy sleeping with Spike on the front lawn, smashing the burger that she brought home for Dawn. No. Doesn't want it anyway. Uh, Dawn is going to go to the bronze. So cute. That is cute. And I love it. But what's not cute? Dawn is sick of the double meat medley. And Buffy tells her in a way that is like her tone indicates that this is a positive thing. She says, tomorrow I'll bring you the fisherman's nuggets with cheese. <laughs> the fisherman's nuggets with cheese. Is there some sick sect of the human population that's out there (laughs) dipping like fish sticks or fish nuggets into a hot melted cheese the the nuggets take it to the next level like not that i want a fish stick with cheese but nuggets is a word you know like yeah yeah it's a word for fish um it's not me that person isn't me i i i don't know if this is too much but I was just thinking like, oh, this podcast is like apparently very against fish nuggets, just like we are against milk, which made me think about fish nuggets and milk in the same like moment. And I um, I like I, I got oh, a, yes. little... a happy meal with with fish nuggets. I'm sorry. And cheese dip and a, a little uh, <laughs> carton Everyone, of milk. Everyone's yelling at me. Listen, I'm fucking sorry. OK, it's a live episode. Did you just get off the cuff oh, here? Anything and it, can happen. It happened to me. So now it must happen to you. OK. So, okay, so Donna and Willow are going to the bronze. Mm-hmm. Just want to point out that Willow's like, what's up, working lady? And it's like, Willow, you too could be a working lady. Um, just a thought. I mean, also, Dawn could do the dishes. That's later. That kitchen is a fucking That kitchen is a fucking mess. Like, nightmare. even if nobody works, if you don't work, then at least fucking clean the goddamn house. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Everybody's noticing that Buffy looks a little uh, rumpled and she's asked if some vamp is getting rough with her. She says he's not getting any gentler. Well, I was like, "Hmm? he? Hmm?" Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Buffy says, no, they, them. Uh, A lot of people have written to us and been like, uh, Buffy says non-binary rights for her, they, them. Yeah. So I'm going to shout that out. Um. And then we go right to the bronze where, listen, before I rag on these guys for still being on the seating chart, Anya looks fucking hot. Yeah, Anya looks so good in the scene. Yeah. Where you go, Anya? Her shirt. It's like this like high necked. It's like what a turtleneck should be. Speaking of turtlenecks, you know. And 
Speaking of turtlenecks, I'm now going to de-turtleneckify oh. myself because this <laughs> so, is uncomfortable. So what Jenny, uh, for, for the listener at home and for the viewers, really, uh, Jenny informed me that the turtleneck is not actually a turtleneck. It's a black sweater with a black scarf wrapped around her neck, which you could not tell was not a turtleneck. Um, so she is now de-scarfed. Oh, my God. I looked everywhere for a turtleneck, but it's June. You say that, but I found a two-pack, so... I don't... I'm not talking to you. Some of us just know where to look. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Xander brought an entire huge family-sized bag of chips to the bronze. Yeah, Xander and Anya right now are... They're one week away from their wedding, and chips is the name of the game. They would like to eat chips. They would like to argue about chips. They would like to travel with chips. They, chips is, that's their lifeline in all ways. Um, so they're crunching on some chips here. They're going to be crunching on even, the car is upsetting. You did get throughout a couple of those bags, I think. Um, but then we go, we sort of like, Dawn walks in. She's like, how's the fucking almost newlyweds or whatever? And then immediately like runs. Not good. Not, we don't want to hang Not out with good. these guys. Run. Um, and she goes over to Willow and they both have Arnold Palmer's, which is very cute. Um, and she's basically like, how's the, how are they doing? And Dawn's like, oh. And then Willow says something and I'm going to play a little sound clip for us because it's one of my favorite things. You're Arnold Palmer, m'lady? Thanks. So how are Mr. and Mrs. High Strong? I'm betting they explode. You know, when I was little, I used to spend hours imagining what my wedding to Xander would be like. And now I look at them. I just think, nee Hell yeah. It's so good. This, this is like last episode was Tara's best episode, I think. This episode has got to rank up at the top for both Dawn and Willow. They have a fantastic, fantastic showing all around. Um, but yeah, and then they have like sort of a little moment where Willow is happy because she's reached the level of the breakup where Tara would not hang up on her. Um, and there's a wedding coming up. So maybe, maybe. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back in the summer's basement, Buffy is scrubbing away at the spike grass stain of shame, uh, <laughs> listening to some sad music. Yeah, on a uh, great boombox. I would love to have this boombox in my house. It's very cool. And then she wakes up on the sofa under her coat as the trash truck can be heard uh, to be pulling away. So relatable. Buffy runs after the truck with the trash bags, but Buffy could easily throw those bags. Don't into you the... want your trash? Buffy, <laughs> Buffy, so Buffy. Yeah. Buffy, Buffy, Buffy. Listen, the point is, again, someone else should be remembering that it's trash day. This girl is working a job and saving the world. The least that the rest of the household can do is take out the trash and do the dishes. Okay. Agree. So we go to the kitchen and Dawn's there. Uh, Buffy has received a letter um, and the letter is a bummer and tells her that she's not eligible for readmission um, to the college because she missed the deadline. No, <laughs> probably because she was busy running after the trash truck and slaying vampires and flipping burgers. Yes. And also, Jenny... I think you've noticed this as well because I think we talked about it, but the fucking address on the letter is wrong. It says 1630 Crestview, which 
What? Yeah, it's like, we know her address is 1630 Ravello. What happened here? Like, is this just they were like, eh, or like they were so deep into the series that they were like, everybody loves when we mess up. We'll put a little like egg in here and see if the fandom oh. goes nuts. Like, what happened? But um, yeah, then Don says, don't work too hard and heads off to school. Oh, no. Todd, is that this this boy's name? You know what his name is, Jenny? The Patriarchy! <laughs> oh my god, Todd's going on and on about the zeitgeist. I miss Lorraine. <laughs> yeah, where the fuck is Lorraine? Let me tell you who would not have hired this fucking asshole. Lorraine. Lorraine. Lorraine would never have. Do you think she already got fired? Moved on? I don't know. No, she wouldn't be fired. She Maybe she just got trans. She's just running around all of Southern California mm, managing the openings and the... restructurings of various double meat palaces. Well, we're about to turn the corner from Patriarchy Todd to our <gasps> special guest star. Oh, my God. Our special guest star. I There at the register, nine feet tall, dressed in black, head to toe, uh, sporadically and inexplicably covered in leather just in some parts. It's and like with a, a bulletproof <laughs> vest, but not at all bulletproof. But like <laughs> for a stripper? Like for, it doesn't yeah. it look kind of like a tearaway. It's like a tearaway or like it protects you from like slip and slide splashing. Like it's like a lick. I, the only thing that this would protect you from is like an accidental spill. So yeah, no I one mean, can say why he's wearing this thing. Huge air quotes around slip and slide. <laughs> I um cannot. So let's just start with a big question here, uh, because I I really am curious, and this is not something that that you and I have talked about before. Right now, in front of all of these humans, you you your your position on Riley it got blown out. Right, we get it's a little, got yeah, a little yeah. it got a little dramatic for the sake of you know da 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 da. da. Kristen hates Riley and wants him to die a gruesome death, and Jenny would love to make out with him and marry... Well, you probably would like to make out with him, but really, absolutely, he's the best character on the whole series right, kind of right, thing. Right, right. And, like, that's not an actual representation of the dichotomy. Really, your opinion was that he certainly isn't the worst. Everyone hates him, and he is not the worst. Like, I think that's as far as your opinion went. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th I think that he is objectively, like, looking back from the end of the series, I think he is probably the most certainly the most age-appropriate boy that she has any kind of long-term <laughs> I mean, dating thing with. And also, I mean, I think that he has the best average of treating her well. Right. Uh, and Again, like, bar on the floor. Bar on the floor. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think it's... I always just th th found it very interesting that people just, like, love to hate him so much. And I think his greatest crime is just kind of being the guy who came after Angel, you know? Um... And, and, you know, he's relatively uh, boring. Like, he's not dangerous. They, they kind of try to do, like, a little bit of tension with the initiative. But he never reaches the, the heights of tension with Buffy the way that Angel did or Spike has. Right. You know? But so then, and I, I, I totally agree with all of that, though I just fall asleep. Um, I just sure, my sure, head sure, sure. hits the desk. Um, though I would like to give a shout out to um, nice 
How Ry- many balls? To Riley's balls, you know, just... Well, look, we love his balls. Just for the listener at home, I have changed my Zoom background to Riley's balls, the tennis, wiffle, and golf, cricket. Wow, what are all these balls, actually? Soccer, baseball. Um, my question for you, Jenny. <laughs> eight. <laughs> the eight ball is featured. Um, I'm going to take the balls away. So my question for you, Jenny, is... I was just like, eh, on Riley the whole time, just like, anno- like bored, you know, like I didn't, I wasn't intrigued by it. I wasn't whatever. And I also thought that he did some really shitty things. Again, probably not as shitty as the others on the show. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But um, when I watched this episode, I longed for season four Riley because this Riley is to me the worst Riley. And so I wonder if like you coming into this episode, you're like, yeah, not this, not this scar guy, but the other Riley. Yeah. I mean, the best thing this Riley has to offer is his wife. Uh, (laughs) I like his wife. Uh, Me too. Um, He definitely has this sort of, I mean, I guess it's kind of the point of the episode, you know, but he has this sort of like from on high kind of vibe, you know, uh, like he, which I don't love. It's like the, and I'm not saying that like Riley doesn't love Sam because who couldn't love Sam? But it's like he flew away in a helicopter. It was only a year ago, and he comes in very like I'm rough and tumble Riley now, right? Like we see, we saw so notably that Riley would not drive that fucking car over the speed limit in season four, and now he's like speeding, and like now he has a scar. <laughs> Honestly, and- footage of Riley speeding still not found in this episode. We'll get there. <laughs> But yeah, he just he had he's he was already uh he had like the seedlings of like I'm I'm I know what I need to know and I can guide us because I'm like this dude. But it like cemented in black ops or something or or he doesn't act like this when he's not around her. And this is just like he's back with her and he's having all these feelings and it's making him act like a total tool. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Either way, definitely my least favorite Riley episode. Apart from the addition of Sam. Thank you for bringing us Sam. <laughs> yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I I, definitely uh, agree with that for the most part. Um, he's he's not, we're, we're not, like, the, you know, it's the writers are no longer desperately trying to maybe get a few of us to, like, kind of like him. Yeah. Uh, he's there to, to push Buffy forward. Yeah. Like, yeah. narratively. And to fucking be sucked up into yet another helicopter. Imagine you were a character on a show where, like, your only entrances and exits were basically via helicopter. Incredible. Uh, he... Was he always this tall? I think they've they've taken, like, the apple box out of the equation. I agree. I think this is, like, a little wink-wink, uh, elbow-elbow yeah. to even the, like, people making the show because they really evened out their heights in season four with Buffy's little apple box. And I, yeah, I, yeah. Think, that, I think that's exactly where her line comes from, which is... Which is good. That's fun. That's funny. Riley is like, I need your help. And Buffy is downright monosyllabic. She says, my hat has a cow. Neglecting to also include that her hat also has a chicken on the back. (laughs) That's true. I I think I've said it before, but I will say it again. This is I carried a watermelon. This is that moment when you just want to say the right thing. But you weren't ready. You were not mm-hmm. prepared. You were not prepared to see this man again. And not only were you not prepared to see him again, but certainly not here at your job. Why, no. Riley? Why, not at the man? DMP. Why? Um. <laughs> I was like, they're not at the DMV. Oh, the DMP. Okay. 
They're not he. watching DMB. Oh, DMP. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he needs the best. Can she help him? Buffy stares into the middle distance for a moment and then tosses off her cow chicken hat and abandons the double meat palace perhaps forever. Buffy fully believes that she is in a full porn 1080 PhD this entire episode. Like full everything she says and does is like and I will point them out to you. Don't worry. I have evidence. I have my pile of evidence over here. But this is, you know, I've got to rewatch season seven still because I don't remember that much about it. But I say that up till now, this is probably Buffy's horniest episode. Would you agree? She's got a lot going on. Um, there was that one episode where Xander did a love spell, uh, mm. where Buffy was pretty, pretty That's horny. True. Wait, is that the orgasm wall where she just has sex with Riley the whole time? Oh no, that, that is another is horny there. episode. But she's like having sex in that one, which the, this one she's just like desperately trying to figure out who she should have sex with, and is considering <laughs> everyone. She's considering <laughs> yeah. all possibilities. Yeah. yeah. Well, she does have sex in this one though eventually Uh, mm, that's true okay so (laughs) riley's like listen i wish i had a moment to tell you anything anything about what what the plan is or why i'm here or what we're hunting or what you should do when we find the thing we're hunting but man i really hope we get the chance to just like talk about some very basic mission specifics and also maybe catch up but we don't have any time right now wow i've been talking for a while while we slowly walk through the streets of sunnydale then he says we've been terrassing Instead of tearing ass. I can't. Like, I don't know if you can see. I don't know if you can see my notes. But I I I can't. Tear assing. Tear assing. Tear assing. And you know what the thing is? This this lends a little credit to, like, my theory that perhaps Riley is, like, not this much of a jerk all the time. Is because he says tear assing right after Buffy is, like, Oh, you still use all your little James Bond gadgets. <laughs> That's yeah, so cute. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we're tear-assing through the jungles of blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like, okay, man, calm down, um, calm down. He, he also is Tear-ass. describing the Savolte demons, and he says, they're breeders, Buffy. Now? During Pride Month, Riley? Now? That was Rude. a joke. That was a joke Jenny wrote by candlelight. Nice to your bed. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> So Buffy is like, here's the description of these guys. And is like, so they're like really mean. This is fascinating to me. She's like, they're like really mean tribbles. Tribbles are from a 1967 episode of Star Trek. They're like little hairballs that multiply very fast. They're very cute and very lovable, but probably population control is an issue. I haven't seen the episode. But anyway, she then says, oh, we're dealing with this trio. So blah, blah, blah. So that. Connecting the dots here, this means that part of Buffy's being the chosen one, the the one girl chosen in all the world, means that she is now watching Star Trek to better understand her enemy. <laughs> Fascinating. Fascinating. This is kind of like you. This is your arc. <laughs> Me and Buffy definitely learned what tribbles were at the same point in time in, yeah, in, in this yeah. journey, for sure. Um, but yeah, oh my God, this scene, this fucking scene, I was like putting little purple dots on my notes next to things like, Kristen, you have to say these things. And when I got to this scene, mm. I just like put a line down the whole thing. Then, uh, Jenny, you should probably talk about what, what happens next. Well, uh, surprise, 
here's a demon. The demon, the design of this demon is so interesting. It's sort of like no neck, kind of like just like all. Yeah, the way that Kristen is kind of uh, doing like thriller arms, but like up over up her above. head and kind of like I'm like like <laughs> sucking my head boom, back boom. into itself. Yeah, yeah. he, he kind of looks like. Did you ever see that '90s cartoon Street Sharks? No. It's about some like genetically modified shark brothers who fight crime and like wear high top sneakers and they've got like huge muscles but like shark heads and it's wild. Uh, I don't know if they were designed if the cartoon uh, came first or the fruit snacks came Ooh. first. Um, but anyway, this this demon kind of reminds me of the general silhouette. Of a street shark. I love it. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's, oh my God. Uh, it's also kind of reminding me of the frigging Great Big Snake, now that I think about it. You know what? Uh, I think this is better than the Great Big Snake, to be oh, honest yeah. with you. I prefer the Savolte over the Great Big Snake. Um, Riley screams out, <laughs> <laughs> National Forestry Service We've got a wild bear. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, these people, their adrenaline is pumping. They're seeing something huge and scary. But, you know, the ch- the way that people uh, have selective memory in Sunnydale, California, I think this is the perfect thing to say to I them guess. to it's make just... them a get away fast. Okay, that I'll give you. But also, and like... B, like it was dark. It was a big scary thing. I saw a lot of teeth, and then I ran. But it's Sunnydale. These people know exactly how to take a monster and make it into a bear. Nobody has ever told them they had to do that before. They know, you know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, okay. then like no, just I it... feel like Riley was doing the same shit when he was in the initiative. <clears throat> That's true. That's true. It's his like army army moves. Then just when you think the scene is maybe over and like you're like, wow, a lot of shit just happened. I have taken all all caps <laughs> notes for like five minutes. They like ra- <laughs> can't I'm, I'm imagining it so vividly. They round the bend and they see the Savolte demon. <laughs> the Savolte demon like ju- like jump flies over the building. It is the fucking fu- <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Dude. It's like it's like what Angel used to do when he was like wanting yeah. to show off and he would like whip his yeah. leather coat behind him, but it's just giant yeah. demon. <laughs> that Savolte demon was like, I know the risk, but I have to know her. <laughs> Zoop? It's a literal zoop. It's a it is an actual zoop. That is the Dude. word zoop was made for this move. This and then does. Buffy is like, we'll never catch it. It's too fast. And Riley's like, I wouldn't say that. Hard cut to them driving the speed limit in a black Jeep type vehicle. Uh don't, going at totally normal speed, but everything about what's going I on no i feel is like trying vehicle, to tell us that they're going real the fast vehicle kind of peels around the corner a little a little bit more than i would have expected i took a note i said is riley dot 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 speeding they got me <laughs> so so then they're in the car and riley's like wow i've got some big stories for you i'd love to tell you if we ever get half a second man i'd love to just like tell you what's been going on with me and maybe also again once again it would be cool if i filled you in on some mission specifics <laughs> but maybe we'll have time for that later after the mission is over i don't know does that seem okay they're driving across town but there's no time oh my god and then buffy's like 
do you have dental? He's like, yeah, fully taken care of. Literally every person on this earth who fights monsters is fully taken care of except for except you. Except for Buffy. Pay Buffy Summers. Pay her. Also. Retroactively. Yeah. Also, he's like, you know, oh, I've got all these stories. Oh, so many wild times that have happened since last I saw you. And Buffy's like, oh, yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> Did you die? <laughs> and he's yeah. like, no. And she's like, I'm going to win. She is going to win in all senses of the word. Uh, and then do uh, you know what Riley says? I have a jingle. <laughs> I have a jingle I never get to play ready for this shit. So you tell everybody what Riley says and then I'm going to play the jingle. He gives Buffy a little black ops outfit, state of the art, Kevlar, super light, very strong. And Buffy's like, oh, my God. And Riley's like. (laughs) This is from the perspective of Riley. This is what Riley is seeing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Then Riley's like, boys like toys. It's moments like this and jingles like that that make me yearn for the days back when Riley's number one defining characteristic was that he kept telling everyone he was a TA. I know when I when I heard when I listened to the jingle, I was like, oh my god, he the like the core of this is that he's a TA. Also, just in case this isn't even a toy, it's an outfit. Yeah, it's just the worst. It's the worst Riley episode, and that is saying a lot. Uh, did ask Mark Lucas if he wanted to pop on over and be a part of this episode. And luckily he was busy because otherwise, who knows how we would have gotten through it. I would have been like, anyway, mm-hmm. so he's, he's really great. It's just it's good. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so happy to be able to play the Riley jingle. Just so you know, that's me singing it um, in case you missed Congrats. that. Yeah, Jenny Congrats. Sings, Jenny sings all of the jingles except for one, the Riley jingle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good to see you. Love the hair. I'm gonna punch mm. literally, I'm punching all the men, punching all of them in this episode. We go from one car to another. Chips, <gasps> chips, 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 um, chips. These two are on their way to the Santa Barbara airport, I guess. It looks like they're on their way to LAX, to be quite real. Um, but Yeah, it was bad traffic. Woo. They're going to pick up Uncle Rory, and um, they're very stressed out. And uh, I think the key line, I don't know if you agree, Jenny, but Xander's line about family is is quite nice and on the nose. <laughs> He's like Xander said, "Oh, yeah, go ahead." Okay, yeah, I loved it. That's what I wrote it down word for word because I loved it so much. Uh, Xander says, "I hate my uncle. I hate my whole family. That's why I'm marrying you to start a new family, have children, make them hate us. Then one day they'll get married and we'll sleep on their couch. It's a circle of life." Oh, <laughs> he's not wrong. He's not wrong. It's cute. I love it. Yeah, it's really for some cute. reason. Um, I have a, a couple more things to say about these two when we get to the bathroom. But first, we go to what I have called in my notes "Pipes Town" for the viewers at home. <laughs> Let me show you what this looks like. Where the fuck? Hell are, where's yeah, that nice pipes. Where's where's that shit? Pipes Town. It's the it's the reservoir or something. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> so my first note is Riley's fucking gloves. Uh. Yes, the gloves are so stupid, but I realized on my watch today that they serve a very important practical purpose, which is that 
they give a reason for uh, Buffy to not clock a wedding ring on Riley's hand while they are hanging out and she's thinking they're on a demon date. Wow, that's smart. That's smart, Jenny. It's almost like you're good at this podcast or something. I literally thought you. you froze, but you were just slowly basking in my compliment. That's right. I'm just <laughs> soaking it up. I was like, mm, can't help but have noticed a whole bunch of things about Riley's hands while I was watching this episode. So, okay. So they're at, like on the ledge of this Pipestown place. There's like water flowing. It's a reservoir, according to Jenny Owen Young's. And he's like, I've just got one rope. We have to go together. If we put our bags down, it will register us as one human being. Uh, and then he says, hold on to me. And she's like, this is when Buffy is like fully convinced she's in a porn. She's in a pornographic film. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? Hold on yeah. to me. If that's what it takes. Like, it's just <laughs> very intense. I will call it And then all down the they moments. go into the abyss. Well, no, My, no. that's, no. Because she says, I'm sorry, but I have to hit every porn point. She says, if that's what it <laughs> yeah. takes. And then before they go down, she says, wow, ready when you are, Agent Finn. Oh, my God. My, what a deep reservoir you have. <laughs> down they go. Oh, it's all wet in this reservoir. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so damp down here. It's damp. <laughs> That's the most sexiest word I've ever heard. So, so, so they rappel down to the thing and they're like fighting the fucking Savolte guy who's like doodly doo to do. And then, <laughs> I'm sorry, how does the Savolte go? Doodly doo to do. Okay. Uh, and then, and then Riley, like, in the middle of the fight, he's like against Buffy on the wall and she's like, it's all happening. We're going to make out. And then, like, this is where I think that this is supposed to be. Co this has to be intended to, as comedy. There's no way that anyone thought that Sam rappelling down and being like, what exactly are you doing with my husband? It was going to be a thing we could take seriously because it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, correct. <sighs> Sam's hot. Sam is hot. Riley's like, Buffy, Sam, Sam, Buffy. And Sam is like, demon, mine. The first, in my opinion, very queer thing she does of many. I will note all of those as well. I find the mine, like while looking over the shoulder, to be kind of like the one uncool thing Sam does. <laughs> okay. Just one podcaster's opinion. I love, what I love about this for you is that it became instantly clear that for you, anything that was queer was cool. You know what I mean? Which I'm, <laughs> you were like, it's uncool, therefore. <laughs> <laughs> the math here is if it's uncool, it cannot be queer. I can get behind that. So Sam is like single-handedly battling this demon while Buffy and fucking Riley just chit-chat. You know, he's like, my wife is so tough. I don't even have to help her. He does because Buffy and Riley were fighting this fucking thing. So whatever. Yeah. Um, Sam has boob holes in her gloves. That's what I wanted to say. Yes. She has a boob window. But it's a wrist window, a, a knuckle okay. window, both. Hmm. Buffy kills the Savolte demon. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, I'm so sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sam is fighting the Savolte and uh, 
Riley and Buffy finally have time to catch up and have a conversation while Sam is fighting the Sepulte demon. And Buffy's like, oh, wow, well, so great. Well, how long have you been married? And Riley's like, four months. And Buffy's like, any children? And Riley's like, I really was going to tell you when the time was right. Whoa. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So ridiculous. This is the whole okay. thing. Yeah. Then as you say, Buffy kills the Sepulte. And Riley's you know like, what? Buffy's like done with this conversation. Yeah. So she's like, I'm going to kill this thing to get the fuck out of here because yeah, I yeah. can't be any more of a part of this. A thousand percent. And uh, Riley looks at her and is like, I mean, he really has a moment of being like, how could you have done that? Like, that is to me the worst part of the whole situation is that yeah, the yeah. only one from this moment forward who defends Buffy's actions is Sam. <laughs> Sam's like, hey, ding dong. Ca- Captain can do over here probably didn't fucking tell you what the mission was, but this is what it is. It's not your fault. She tells Buffy that it wasn't her fault, like many times, multiple times. Kristen, you don't understand. There was just not a single opportunity no when Riley could have told <laughs> Buffy not to kill the Savolte demon. There was simply no, no opportunity. No time, none whatsoever. Um. <sighs> so then, uh, whatever. We get this stand down soldier. Is he your boss? he wishes moment and uh sam is like buffy do you have a safe house which at first i thought was funny and then on my second viewing i was like why doesn't she why doesn't she have a fucking safe house because she doesn't even get paid how is she gonna like afford a safe house this is ridiculous this girl has one house to go to everybody knows where the slayer lives it's true everyone the only the only demons that can that can be kept out of her house are vampires there's a bajillion other kinds of demons why does this girl not have a fucking safe house i don't know all right well but she does say i think it's safe sometimes you can't even leave (laughs) she's like lol referencing the last episode the audience loves it (laughs) high fives self (laughs) so so we go to the summer's house where we begin to go on our journey of willow and dawn being perfect in in my humble opinion yo so so fucking oh she's so mad the saltiest of all possible dawns Mm -hmm. she's so mad at riley for leaving oh that mystical key they dunked it in water and dropped it into a bowl of salt she is so salty yes and um he's like you grew a foot and a half and she's like a lot can happen in a year uh, she looks, Dawn looks <laughs> fucking fantastic. Like Dawn is like straightened her hair and she's got fucking an attitude. She, somebody said in the live watch last night, she's bringing major Cordelia vibes, which I'm into. She's not having it. Uh, and I am having her not having it. I love it. It also like, before we get to me screaming about Xander and Riley, which we're about to get to this whole scene, uh, like the first time I rewatched it, I was like, are they not going to like Amy the rat came back and Amy was like I'm so sorry about your mom Amy the rat Riley her boyfriend oh yeah this is a very good point he was like literally in the hospital there with her while this was happening her mother died he gets not even a fucking conversation point how why Riley (laughs) I just like it doesn't even Look, it it would be easy to just blame it all on Riley, but some of this is just, like, I'm confused with the writing. You know, like, we couldn't have a beat here for, like, I'm sorry about your mom? We couldn't have a beat? Yeah. Like, where's Joyce? Right, exactly. Where's your Giles? Right, where's anybody? Like, literally... mm, it's, it's It's not the best written episode, but 
I think that we have the most fun with some of the worst written episodes. This makes me think of when we did our live taping of Beer Bad and we just had a blast, you know? I love, so I love fun. Beer Bad. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Willow's like prepared to hate Sam. However, Buffy needs her so to hate good. Sam. Big BFF energy. But uh-oh. Everyone's plans are going to be thwarted uh, starting right now because, you know, Riley is explaining some Savolte stuff and then he's like, oh, maybe Don should go in the other room. And Sam's like, whoa, whoa, Don looks all grown up to me, winning some huge Don points. And then is like, uh, as long as it's OK with Buffy. <laughs> winning some uh, probably reluctant Buffy points. Sam just whacking every mole, whacking every mole there is oh, to yeah. be whacked in this scene. Uh, we find out that the Savolte came to Sunnydale to spawn. Nice. So it's like spring break for Savolte's. And... Savolte's gone wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, and... imagine a Savolte in a little bikini top. <laughs> <laughs> like okay. what? I feel like it's head slash shoulders and no neck would prevent a strap finding purchase of any it would need kind. To, it would need to go with the crop. The cro- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go around the neck. The, Is that yeah. a halter? Halter. Wow. Okay, so Buffy makes a trouble meat palace bit of wordplay. Follow play. up to I carried a watermelon. I carried yeah. another watermelon. She yeah. makes a trouble meat palace joke. It doesn't go over well. And Xander, meanwhile, is like... I posted a gif before on our Twitter account, which I think sums it up. Like, if you have Riley and Xander and you just have, like, a still of them in the room, you could just play. The boys are back in town. Yes. Right? They're like oh, yeah. so stoked. They're like, yeah, man, I got married. You love it. Bah, bah. How do you have a wedding? What do we do? Bah, bah. Just kiss. Just kiss, guys. Uh, Xander is like, oh, my God. It's I know that there are demons spawning in Sunnydale or whatever. But look, should I spring for the photographer or the the place settings? I can only afford one. And Sam... Is like, hey, uh-huh. buddy, just get some disposable cameras, put them at every table, let everybody snap photos all night, and then you get the pictures at the end of the night. Bing, bang, boom, two for the price of one. Sam collects some Xander points for yeah. the board. Sam has collected everyone's points by the end of yes. this episode. Um, and to that end, she says um, to Willow, she, Riley must have told her that like Willow is a very powerful witch and she can do really incredible magic and yada yada. So Sam is like, Willow, if you could do a spell, that would be fantastic. Who knows what kind of spell? We've seen a lot. She could probably do a locating spell, like a locator spell. I think she specifically says a locator spell. Oh, does she? (laughs) I think that is the request. Very like me to hear a thing, forget I heard it, and and think that (laughs) it's my own idea. (laughs) Uh, She should do a locator spell. Um, And Willow is, you know, set to the mode of, like, I am going to hate this girl because she is married to my best friend's ex. And so she immediately is like, fuck you, I can't do magic, and she goes into the kitchen. She also says... I got addicted the way addicts do, which seems like a very interesting writing choice. Yeah, it's weird. But I 
that's true. I just chalked it up to like not knowing what to say, but wanting to be like, fuck you, you know, and just yeah, like yeah, something yeah. mean. And like, that's all she came up with. But yeah, I agree. So then Sam, like doing something that we have probably seen no one. We've definitely seen no one do it. Although I could imagine that Tara has taken this stance with Willow. Goes into the kitchen and is like, hey, I really stepped in it. It's like such a sweet fucking thing though such such a sweet way to say it and she's like I just want to let you know that like in our travels we have met with shamans and what have you who have also gotten addicted to magic and they were not able to do what you're doing you should be really proud of the strength that you have and like um all that you've accomplished and all that you've done it's so loving and so supportive and so about Willow. Like, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. It's like Sam just isn't carrying a lot of trauma and is able to just, like, make this moment about Willow and only Willow. And we don't see that often. But it's just so good. And so Willow, of course, is like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm supposed to hate you. Yeah, and I yep. already Resolve like crumbling. You. <laughs> yeah. Now we have our story. Savolte, eggs, mission, yada, yada. They were, mm-hmm. It was a homing mission, but Riley just f- failed to mention it. So now the demon's dead. There's no way to find the eggs. And there's a dealer in Sunnydale called the Doctor. We so, we should really write that pull- in your Shanshu prophecies. Yeah, you're going to have to write that down because we may never hear it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Split up. We're going to split up. Riley's like, I'm going to go to fucking Willie's Bar and some other places and gather intel. And Sam and Buffy, you should go together to see if you can find the eggs. I just... Why? It doesn't make any sense. Do you know why? Uh, Well, I do actually know why. I do actually know why. The reason is that we have not gotten to see Buffy stroll through the cemetery with a leather-clad lady who might want to kiss her in like three seasons and I was I was hard up for it you know what I mean I needed it when the two of them Sam and Buffy walk through the cemetery all I saw was uh, Faith and Buffy walking through the cemetery and on top of it all like you know back in the days of Faith the energy was very much like hey B like you gotta be cool you gotta be bad you gotta do this shit this way da, 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 da. but instead the turns have tabled and Sam is like you are, I can't, I can't even believe that I'm in the cemetery with the Slayer. She's like fully, she's like the biggest fan. And then yeah. she calls Buffy legendary. <gasps> Kristen, did you know that, did you know that you said that the turns have tabled? Yeah, from the office. Oh, oh okay. So you said it on purpose. I did. Cool. <laughs> well, but thanks for being on it, you know. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, yeah, Sam is all about it. Sam is feeling good. She's like, wow, I thought life only had to be Wonder Bread, but it turns out <laughs> there are other things on the menu. There are. Oh, my God. She tells Buffy about getting together with Riley. Buffy's like, he thinks I let him go. Sam's like, do you wish you hadn't? Buffy's like, I wish things were different. Sam's like, there's no bad guys in this one. And Buffy's like, there don't have to be any guys at all in this one. And Sam's like, okay. But if you want to bring him, you can. <laughs> oh, no. And then, like, Sam, trying to be a nice person, is just like, so are you seeing anybody now? Anybody special? And Buffy's like, buttering and then she's like yeah definitely like uh better to be with no guy than the wrong guy and Buffy's like I think we should split up I love I love Sam like I love Sam so deeply she's such a good character this actress is incredible she's incredible because we get her for a minute we get her for fun there are characters who've been on this show for full seasons that I'm like "Hmm? yeah there's there's one character in particular that I can think of that was on for a season and a half and we're like (laughs) Hmm? Well, I'm also thinking about, listen, I'm I'm deep into Angel on Top territory in my brain, so I'm thinking about old fucking Tina Justine. I can't. These are This character was here for one fucking minute, and I love her. So, 
Uh, let us not leave this scene without. So, so Buffy, right? Like you said, Buffy is like, I need to, I need to get out of here. I can't, I can't fucking deal with this shit. Uh, and <laughs> and then she's like, I, 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 there's an informant. It's not you. It's not you. It's me. Uh, there's an informant, and he's kind of twitchy, and you shouldn't come with me. And then, <laughs> and then Sam's like, Yeah, Finn probably needs me right about now. He's probably off somewhere getting his ass kicked. <laughs> You know how wild he gets. There you go. Can you do the can you do the the move she does on her chin? What does she do? Oh. This is the moment I knew she was queer. You know what I mean? Like she cause she goes, she basically is like, you know how wild he gets. And she like Oh my god. She does like yeah. that, like Yeah. I mean you can't you literally I can barely do it. And I am queer. You you yeah, have to yeah. be like one hundred percent the queerest to be able to do that move and she nails Fuck it. it. <laughs> Good. All right. So meanwhile, speak. So you know, Sam's atop, and then we cut to our bottom. Spike is reading peacefully in his little lair. He's reading his little book, just waiting for his lover to come over and top him. And here she is. What is he read? This crypt literature. I what is he see reading? It. I couldn't see it. Um. So I don't know what he's reading. But I'm also rewatching Lost right now. So I imagined it was Watership Down. <laughs> So Sawyer is reading. They seem pretty aligned. Yep. Yep. So um, this is sad. I don't like what happens here. This is a bummer. This is like we've known that like part of Buffy's motivation for sleeping with Spike has been like to feel something and also to not feel the things that she doesn't want to feel. So it's not like this is new information, but it is so on the nose in this moment where she's like leaving this moment of of seeing Riley, of knowing Riley's around, of knowing Riley's married, of hearing about their marriage, of like the wife being fucking perfect and great and awesome. And she walks into Spike's lair and she says, tell me you love me. Tell me you want me. Um, And it's rough. Uh, it's rough. Uh, um, but and what helps me. episode we have left. <laughs> What helps me in this moment is that um did you happen to notice that Spike has a throw pillow with little stars on it and satin <laughs> rope edging? <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. But that's that's right. He's really cleaned up the joint, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not for long. So they fuck and like immediately Riley walks in <laughs> and immediately well, who knows how immediately because they've fallen asleep because before there was a huge time true. crunch but now there's you know na- scheduled naps <laughs> so Spike is like delicious instantly he's like super stoked both about the fact that he gets to show Riley his vampire penis and the fact <laughs> Riley knows he's sleeping with Buffy. (laughs) Wow. Credit to Jay. So we've heard this line before when Riley was around full time. The girl needs a little monster in her man. That's the no, just a straight sentence. Credit to either the either Doug or James, whoever made the call to change this line with one comma. (laughs) He says, girl just needs a little monster in her man wow wow yeah i will also say i I didn't get to say it before i think because i was taking my clothes off but the when they're out and uh having sex against the tree spike says maybe it's time for you to come outside which i also think is a line that was like very intentionally said in a particular way so 
We have left the WB, everybody. We have left it. Get your lube. Things just things just continue to get sexier because now is the moment in which uh oh Riley <laughs> Riley taking a cue from Buffy is like oh so we're in a we're filming a porno right now we're filming a pornographic <laughs> film not why I'm here doctor <laughs> <laughs> he says doctor one thousand times oh boy he says where the eggs spike and punches Spike in the face. And then Buffy says, it can't be Spike. And Spike's like, no need to defend me, love. And Buffy punches him in the face also. And she's like, no, it can't be Spike. He's too incompetent. Rude. So rude. Uh, Riley is determined to... Uh, I'm sorry. Are you going to just skip over where Spike fully takes the blanket off of his body and like spreads his legs? And it's just like, (laughs) what's up, man? How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) So Riley calls him doctor again, second time, Uh for uh those of you keeping track. And I think that you're about to get to a sound clip I was going to play, Jenny, I think. I think. What were you going to say? Riley is determined to uh, violate Spike's privacy. He's like, I'm going to turn this place upside down. And Spike says... Over my dead body. And Riley says, I've seen enough of your dead body for one night. Thanks. Spike's like, this is unconstitutional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, buddy. Well, so... uh, show me a warrant, Riley. Yeah. So then uh, Buffy is like, enough with the games, Spike, and punches him in the fucking nose. Spike has a bloody nose. And I'm going to play... What Spike says, because it's sad. Well, that's bloody funny coming from you. No more games. That's all you've ever done is play me. And you keep playing with the rules you make up as you like. You know what I am. You've always known. You come to me all the same. Can you shut him up? Not so far. So he's right. Spike's right. You know, and and she knows it. I mean, we'll get there at the end of the episode. But yeah, it's so it's so rough because Spike, especially I'm jumping ahead because we all know what happens here. But like there's a moment in the final scene where Spike is like, "Okay, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And I don't know if everyone has been in this position, but I think many people have been in this position of like you want and love somebody so much and you know that it's not the best thing for you. And so you're like, this isn't good for me. This isn't good for me. This isn't good for me. And then they're like, you're right. This isn't good for you. And you're like, no, 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 no. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and like, it's just, it's really heartbreaking because he he knows that she's playing games with him, but if he was given the choice, he would choose to have Buffy play games with him over having no Buffy at all. Yeah, yeah. That's rough. It's not great. Luckily, there's baby bugs that are going to hatch from what I referred to last night as worse eggs. We have bad eggs. (laughs) Worse eggs. These are worse eggs. The the series is not over. We may get worst eggs yet, but these are worse. It's (laughs) true. These baby Savoltes are kind of cute, and they are puppeteered by someone from from Jim Henson's workshop. Oh, that's exciting. I did not find them cute, but I do find Jim Henson's entire operation great. So that's (laughs) 
Uh, so Buffy makes, I think, a good decision for everyone but Spike and takes a, what do you call those things? Hand grenade and throws it down into the bottom of the lair, blows up the place, killing all of the oh. baby bugs. And, oh, and Spike's nice apartment. Ruining Spike's apartment. All those rugs, you know. So many rugs. So Spike's lair is exploded and we go to... Xander and Anya's bathroom. It's such a nice bathroom, isn't it? You, seems fine. I maybe I didn't catch all the details. You have become intimately <laughs> uh, entrenched in the minute details of bathroomery. Their their bathroom, I think, is really cute because it has you know those like walls that are at doctors' offices that are made of like glass cubes, but they're like yeah, like, not fully translucent, you know, and they yeah. like curve and shit. They've got one yeah. of those walls in their bathroom. I don't think that you should have that kind of a wall in a bathroom. I like personally. It. It's just the two of them usually when Uncle Rory isn't sleeping on the couch. Anyway, they're in the bathroom, and I think two important things happen. One is hilarious, and one is very serious. The hilarious thing is that... It literally cuts from them blowing up the lair to Anya being like, if you love Riley Finn so much, why don't you marry him? And Xander's like, he's taken. And that's not the point. (laughs) (laughs) Giving us what we all deserve and all know to be true. Nice. And then, you know, we probably will get more space to talk about this in other episodes. But uh, an exchange that happens in the bathroom that I think is powerful is that um, Xander is trying to explain to Anya what she get. Like, she says it back to him. Like, so what you're saying is that our wedding is not our marriage. That's powerful. What's interesting for them is that their wedding is like a nightmare. And he's saying it to be like, our wedding is like a total nightmare. But our marriage is thing very different from that. And I think that like in reality, a lot of people do the opposite, right? Like, I'm going to this beautiful wedding and everything's going to be perfect and da, 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 And don't think about like the reality of what marriage is. Yeah. Uh, all right. Either way you flip it, though, it's very important to not equate one with the other. And it's really sweet to see Anya like click that into place. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Hope we get a chance to talk about it more. Okay. Well, so we move outside the magic box for some reason. They were like, we don't know where. That's where the chopper pickup is in Sunnydale. (laughs) They're like, now. We already used Pipestown. We don't know where else to put them. (laughs) Uh, Just put them outside the magic box. So Riley is like, um, yeah, I've got to leave now. I'm going to nipple. And I was like, you're going to where? Seriously, Sam Sam says Nepal. Sam says Nepal. It's not an issue with anything except for he go back if you didn't hear it. He says nipple. He says nipple. Simply no. No. Yeah. And then we get this last scene between the two of them. Oh, boy. So Riley's like, I was terrified of seeing you. And Buffy's like, well, guess how pathetic I am. Probably took the edge off of that. And he's like, well, you want me to say that, like, I like seeing you with Spike? You want me to say the blinding orange is your best color? You want me to say that I like the burger smell? She's like, oh, no, you smelled the smell. Rude. He shouldn't have said that. Then he says, you're still the first woman I ever loved and the strongest woman I've ever known. And, And then he's like, you are a hell of a woman. And it's like. Because of how he has been this whole episode, I'm not really interested in hearing that. No. <laughs> and him. I don't think Buffy is either, to be honest with you. Like, I like I just, this is not, 
I guess it gets her, what it gets her to do is realize that she's using Spike in a way that makes her feel not good. Yeah. So that's a positive. Um, Not that like she breaks up with Spike, but that she recognizes this doesn't make me feel good and I have to stop because it does make her feel good in other ways. And that's the balance of like trying to figure out like, wait, but what's the net here? So he his return helps us get there. But other than that, like, I don't really think Riley does anything that would help Buffy heal from the Riley situation. Like, he he just makes a mess of a lot of stuff. And he's trying, well, I guess, in this scene. But I think what's good for Buffy, I mean, because neither of them ever got closure, right? And Riley has moved on. And Buffy has moved on in a way, kind of. Mm-hmm. But getting this closure with Riley and being able to make the choice to not tell him that she, like, ran after the chopper that night and, and yeah. to instead say... You know, I'm sorry. I never got the chance to tell you how sorry I am about what happened between us. Yeah. You know, that like gives her something. Yeah. And the fact that he's like, and you'll never have to, like now they're good. Yeah. And like right. a door has been closed, a chapter is ended, and now Buffy, I think I think getting that closure maybe helps Buffy come back to herself too a little that's bit. That's true. That's true. A few people in the chat are very angry, screaming, what does she have to be sorry about? Um, but I think I think that the, the point is less like what she has to be sorry about and more just that like she felt she didn't get to say the things she wanted to say and she gets to say them. Whether or not she needed yeah. to be sorry, I mean, I, I agree. I don't think that she needed to be sorry for anything. But, uh, and, I, and I think- Also, I mean, if you just take it objectively, how sorry she is about what happened between them she's sorry that right. the things happen like you know you can feel sorry you could be buffy in that position and and just be like man i i am sorry about right what you chose to do you know or like i'm it, sorry about the way it happened the way that it yeah. happened sucked yeah yeah and like you know i'm we could argue all day and we don't have to because we already talked about season five but uh yeah. i think like Buffy could maybe have found ways to reach out to her. I think they they just had different ways of being in a relationship, and right. they could they just couldn't meet up. They couldn't, and they couldn't figure out how to how to end it uh, in a way where they got closure at that point either. And both mm-hmm, of those mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. suck. Um, and so I agree, like it is good, and we see it like they sort of hammer that point home with Dawn at the end, you know, because like Dawn also was really hurt. Um, by the loss of Riley and by the fact that he left the way that he left and Mm -hmm. that was something that she hadn't healed from. And so, and I love that because I think like, you know, it's so easy in a television show to just like write the love story and the breakup and the healing there. But the truth is that like often in these situations, there's more than just the two people who are involved in the relationship who have to like do the, the grieving and the letting go and the healing and all of that. And so- I do think it's nice at the end when Dawn, after being so salty, gets to say a proper goodbye to Riley in a way that I think gives her closure, too. So, fine. Fine. But I don't think any of this healing happened as a result of anything Riley Finn did. (laughs) In this episode. In this episode. Well, who cares? (laughs) Because it's time for a big group goodbye. Sam has won everyone over. Off they fly, strung down from yet another chopper. Always a helicopter with this boy. And LOL, Willow looks up at them as they grow smaller and smaller in the night and says, what a bitch. So fucking 
good. So good. Incredible Willow. Also incredible spotlight effect with them like repelling up or whatever you call it. So funny. Um, Yeah. Also, we would be remiss not to mention before we leave this scene that before they go up into the helicopter, we do find out that Willow and Sam have exchanged email addresses and they will remain in touch because Sam... Sam has a secure line, uh, so not to worry, Willow. You can ask her any questions you like. You guys can flirt all you want. A few people last night in the chat when we were watching said that Sam had some Tara vibes. And Tara, you know, I could see they talk. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Right, exactly. So, you know, just saying, would love to see those emails. Okay. All right. Me too. So it's time. Mm, it is. Oh, it's time to to have a very important conversation. And when you want to have a very important conversation, it's important to wear your very important conversation outfit. <laughs> I thought you were taking us to the sexual tension awards, but you are taking us to lavender sadness. Which may I? A- may <laughs> I take us to lavender sadness? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, for the listener at home, Jenny is uh, her Zoom background is Buffy wearing the ruched purple shirt that she wears to Spike's house. Heavy Ooh. eyeliner happening in this uh, look. She's got a pendant. Somebody in the live watch last night said that they want to believe that Tara gave her this pendant. That's why she's wearing mm. it for strength. I love yeah. that. Yeah. She stopped by the lingerie section of Contempo Casuals on the way over to the crypt. I mean, you could pick this shit up at Fredericks of Hollywood if you want. It's, it's there. It's there. Look at that ruche. Yeah. Look at that ruche. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of ruche. Well. The reason I said lavender sadness, just so you know, is that lavender is also the color that Buffy wore when Angel broke up with her in the sewers. Oh, my God. It's her breakup shade. I see. (laughs) Well, she's come over uh, to talk to Spike to have a serious conversation with him. And, you know, at first he thinks that uh, maybe she's uh, come over for a bit of cold comfort. And she's like, no, no, it's not that. And he's like, uh-oh. Do you think that his penis is cold? I'm uh, sorry. I think it's room temp. I think it's room temp. So colder than the average penis. Yeah, because the average penis is probably uh, higher like than 97 degrees or whatever. <laughs> oh, right. Tw- oh, right. Room temp. Room temp. 20, 25 degrees above room temp. Yeah. So, like, that sounds nice, you know? What happens is Buffy's like... It's over. And he's like, oh, I've heard this song a few times before. And she says, I'm using you. I can't love you. I'm just being weak and selfish. And then she says, and it's killing me. And his little face when he's like, as much as he can, I think you can see it like enter his consciousness where he's like, oh, no. Ugh. If we didn't see it, now we feel it, Jenny. Thanks so much for that deeply it, gutting It is like, I love, but I love being used. I love when you can't be in love with me. And then she's like, but it's also hurting me. And he's like, oh, no, my one weakness. Yeah. Oh, fuck. It's really fucking sad. It's really fucking sad. And, and then um, she says, I'm sorry, William. William. 
and she leaves. Oh no, William. She calls him <sighs> William. Everyone in the chat is screaming, William. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much, and like Spike is far from perfect. Far from perfect. Oh yeah. Far from someone who has been good to her in all of the ways that she deserves. But his absolute inability to move away from caring for her and like for her heart and for her her like this is so sad. And then like, what does it mean? Right? Like, why does she call him William, Jenny? I mean, I think it's like the most direct, like she's connecting and appealing to his humanity, right? And not just the like hot fuck vampire yeah. part of him. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's like, oh, it's just a lot. It's sad. But, you know, I have good news for everybody, which is that um, this episode, uh, season six, episode 15, um, is the lowest point in this season. So we just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's such a just... good one. Oh, my God. Our town. They were like, yeah, they've had all... enough. It's all pu- puppies and rainbows okay. from here. But yo, I know, looked at the fucking list. Like I looked at the the, the like Hell's Bells, Entropy, all of them. I looked at all of them, the words, the titles, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, <laughs> what? We are really. This is why this is. <laughs> Someone in the chat said, "Spoiler free." In quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we at least protect you from knowing that you're going to maybe be not happy watching yeah. the rest of this season. So, Well, listen, we may not have any puppies. We may not have any rainbows. But we've got uh, <laughs> individuals coming together theoretically <laughs> and possibly in practice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> coming separately. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's time for the... I always wanted to be a DJ. Welcome, my precious little Scoobies, to the latest and possibly greatest Sexual Tension Award. I mean, truly, we had so many nominees. Like, I just was shouting nominees. There were so many that I was Yeah, we should save some nominees for episodes that will probably (laughs) come soon that we can't nominate anyone for. we can't nominate anyone for. Yeah, because I was like, we might need to do The third overflow runoff (laughs) Sexual Tension Awards for season six, episode 15, as you were. Here are your slots and noms. The noms therein, the noms nestled therein, snug in their beds, deep in the noms. Okay, in slot number one, two ladies recalling the antics of a different lady and one of the same ladies (laughs) taking a slow, sexy, leather-clad walk through the darkened cemetery. Anything could happen. They've both boned the same guy. It's not cheating if that's the case, right? It's Sam and Buffy. 
It's never cheating. When two girls kiss and one of them is dating a boy, it's not cheating. Just look into your that's, 1997 handbook for the, the rules. rule. That's the rule. It's <laughs> slot number two. Listen, it's 2002. People were conducting romantic relationships over email all the time. So why not Sam and Willow? Hell yeah. What do you think they're emailing about? You know what I mean? Just like ponytails and like magic. Willow's like, I got some new incense. Yes. Well, I'm realizing as everyone in the chat is going off about how it's Pride Month. (laughs) That should have ended. Yeah. Is the whole thing? This whole every slot Pride worthy noms. Rainbow shooting out of every slot. Falling into every nom. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. In slot number three, the noms we have carefully lovingly handpicked for thee it's one man who's taken and it's one man who noticed it's riley and xander the boys are back in town the boys are back in town yeah (laughs) perfectly in sync oh boy and in the fourth slot You've been a bad, bad patient. <laughs> it's time for your annual checkup. <laughs> oh, Hope you no. brought your big leather bag of tricks, tools, and various paraphernalia. With which you ply your trade. <laughs> wow. It- ply your trade. Jenny Owen Youngs, everybody. Ply it your trade. Is Riley and Dr. Spikes. Dead body. Oh, God. Riley and the doctor. How are you ever going to choose? I'm so glad this doesn't rest on our shoulders. Yeah, this is a tough choice. This is really <laughs> temp balls, says Somebody the said when you were saying that Spike's penis was room temp and not 97, they were like, it's probably 69 degrees. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, um, cool. How do people participate in this poll apart from well, doing what they're doing now, which is screaming in the chat? <laughs> well, if you would like your voice to be heard in our beautiful Sexual Tension Awards, cast your vote via a poll found on our Twitter for one week following the publishment of this episode. On Twitter, we are at Buffering Cast. You will see all your slaw. You will see all your noms in their various slots and you must pick one and only one and let us know which one by clicking on the thing and then we'll let you know in the next episode who won. Yay! Okay, so here we are on the other side of the Sexual Tension Awards, and uh, Riley Finn has come. Uh, He has gone. (laughs) (laughs) He is now with his wife, uh, Sam, who may or may not be having a little bit of an affair with Willow Rosenberg. Uh, You know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and how are we feeling, Jenny? I mean, oh my God, it's been a wild ride. 
It's a, a lot happened in this episode. I will say it's not it's it's an episode that will not give you answers. If you want answers to any of your questions, it does not provide those. Uh, it mm-hmm. is simply here as a vehicle for Buffy to get some closure to break up with Spike um, and to lead us into the rest of the season. I mean, I'll happily be led forward by this episode or any other. Let's go. Yeah. So what do we want to tell everybody? Do you want to tell people where they can find <gasps> you? What? Who are you? Well, I'm Riley so glad Stan, you asked. Jenny Owen Youngs. Uh, nay. Not a stan. It's nice to come together with you in this moment. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Because we had I'm a, just it was... looking for object, objectivity, logic, comparative reasoning. Mm-hmm. I think everyone in, everyone in this podcast is coming from a very reasonable place. We just got very passionate uh, about it. We're both Sagittarius's, so. Mm, yep. You know, yep, fire it up. When things get fired up, they get fired up. And that's what happened with Riley Finn. But now we can come together and say, probably there was a nice medium here. <laughs> cool. We have our closure, Jenny. This is so nice. Oh, my God. How beautiful. We can finally move on. <laughs> I guess it's time for you to go up into your helicopter. <laughs> guess so. Well, I am uh, Sagittarius Sun, Libra Moon, Leo Rising, Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I am not. Watching Buffy and making this podcast with Kristen. I'm usually writing and recording songs. You can learn more about me at JennyOneYoungs.com. You can give me a shout on Twitter at JennyOneYoungs. You can listen to my new EP, Echo Mountain, and the brand new Generationals remix of my song, Dungeons and Dragons, which rips. Uh, and you can listen to the first two singles from my band, LAX's Skinny Dipping. <sighs> my favorite band. Temporary Goodbye. My favorite band. <laughs> Thank you. I'm obsessed with LAXs. Um, yeah, I am Sagittarius, Sun, Sagittarius, Rising, Aries, Moon, Christian mm-hmm. Russo. Is that right? That's correct. Oh, phew. I was so nervous. <laughs> so I, I, I know what I am sun-wise, but sometimes I reverse the moon and the rising. Uh, and, you know, when I'm not here sandwiched between two Riley Finns in my Zoom background... <laughs> Talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I We should allow people to write into the sexual tension wards one other slot, which is you between two Rileys. Just a thought, just an idea. Sorry, bye. I'm not mad about it. (laughs) So when I'm not here sandwiched between two Rileys, I am usually doing work with LGBTQ community. Uh, It is Pride Month, so I am busy this month. I do um, talks at workplaces and schools. Um, I also donate uh, GSA talk every month. Uh, If you are, I say GSA, that's kind of an umbrella, but... um, if you're a librarian or a teacher or a student, um, I every month will do a talk where we hang out, we talk, we answer questions, we just have a good time. Um, so those are some things that I do. I'm also writing a book. I finally got to announce it officially. Um, it is part of the quick and easy guide. There's been a quick and easy guide to they, them pronouns, a quick and easy guide to consent written by Isabella Rotman, who you know from here and other places. Um, and I'm going to be writing a quick and easy guide to coming out. So that's fun. And uh, who the hell are we, Jenny? Well, we are indisputably buffering the vampire slayer. We're on Twitter facebook and instagram at buffering cast and you can email us at buffering the vampire slayer at gmail.com 
You can. If you don't already, you could support our work on Patreon. Uh, a lot of cool shit over there. It's just always, always happening. There's something always happening over there. You can get music. You can watch the show with us. You can join the book club. Our next book up is This Is How We Lose the Time War. Um, Jenny does concerts sometimes. It's a fun place. You can also buy some merch if you'd like to smash the patriarchy on your body with messages. We have many smash ways for you to do that. And, um, you know, you could rate and review us if you like what you're hearing here. So now, are you ready? Is everyone ready? Everyone's giving each other their signs. It's devolved. The queerness of the space has devolved. <laughs> it's so, it's falling apart in the chat. <laughs> okay, there they all are. They're all ready. Everyone's ready. Recording okay. Recording your woos. Jenny, okay. do not fake them out this time. You faked them out last time, and we got a million woos where everybody was like, I'm so sorry that I said a woo five times, but it's Jenny's fault. She faked this out. So don't fake <laughs> okay, them out. Do a one nice woo. clean a woo. Clean a woo. You are all so beautiful, <laughs> and we love you so much. Until next time, I Helicopter noises. <laughs> Dead boyfriend and my ex One's all blood and cigarettes The other's corn and turtlenecks My dead boyfriend and my ex Yeah, they puff up their feathers Like two cocks about to crow I got no time for this I should be on patrol Dead boyfriend and my ex.
Once upon a time, there was a girl who dreamed of flying through the stars, who dared to resist injustice, who lived to a beat and a rhythm that was all her own. Her name was Chloe, Frida, Oprah, Celia Cruz, Josephine, Greta, Ruth, Alice. One day, she wondered, could today be the beginning of something new? This was her one opportunity to do something, something big. So that's exactly what she did. Along the way, she discovered that she wasn't alone. Her body felt strong, her mind sharp. She was prepared to work as hard as it took. Her words were making a real change, and she felt powerful. I'm Gail King. I'm Andrea Day. I'm Diane Gibbons. I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I'm Jamila Jamal. I'm Anita Hill. I'm Brenda Chapman. I'm Alana Glazer. And this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio.